This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. Welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt. How about we just do the show we were supposed to do last week when the Orioles had only lost six in a row? Oh, my goodness. So, oh, you're getting yeah. interrupted as soon as yeah, the I'm show sorry. starts. I'm at my parents' uh-huh. house. I came in here. I should have said hi to people. I just walked in and set up my laptop and started doing the podcast. Wait, really? You didn't tell people you were doing the podcast there? Well, I told him tonight I was coming over to do the podcast, but then I just walked in and, like, started doing it without greeting people. Uh, yeah, that's He's a little weird. Hi, Dad. So I just said hi to Dad. I'm, I'm doing the podcast, Dad. <laughs> well, that's a good setup because yeah. it, it, it's a good way to show that um, we missed last week. And we, we, last week. we rarely miss 336. I think this is, like, our second or third missing ever. Yeah, and I'm itching, Josh, to get an update on your um, situation. <laughs> well, what situation? <laughs> this year is my uh, year of situations. Uh, just to keep, the hits keep on coming, huh? I know. It's yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, 2023 because 2021 is no fun. Well, um, I'm, I'm recording from my parents' uh, dining room table, so uh, not much better for me over here either. Yeah, but that's still better than um, last time I was there. I was doing a Zoom conference call from my parents' dining room table. Fair enough. Um, all right. So yeah. So last week. You were all prepared to go. I had to cancel it because I woke up in excruciating pain. We moved, I bumped it to Tuesday. I woke up in pain on Tuesday and had to go to the emergency room and found out I had kidney stones. Yeah, that's the update I was looking for. Yeah, I assume that's the one you wanted to talk about since the other thing's not public yet. Right. Um, so horrible pain with kidney stones. Until every day until yesterday. Last night, I finally passed the kidney stones. Mm. So we're talking five days of just horrible pain. It's been horrible. I've never experienced that. All I know of kidney stones is what I've seen in Seinfeld when Kramer got a kidney stone. 
um, which he, he yelled pretty loud, so it sounds pretty oh, painful. It's, I'm sure the passing was is very painful as well, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the most pain I think I've ever been in. Hold on. I'm going <laughs> to see if I can turn some echo cancel to help. Does that sound a little better? Um, yeah, okay. Worst pain I've ever been in. Um, thankfully, Mandy was able to take me to the emergency room, and they, they gave me an IV with morphine right away before they started doing, like, scans on me and stuff. I've never been to the emergency room either. I've never yeah. been in a hospital for myself. Yeah. So uh, got an, had to, they also came out with a little credit card machine for me to pay for that visit to the hospital, which was nice. They get you while you're on the morphine. Oh, really? I thought they send a bill to your house. No, no they, they come and say, hey, we're going to bill your insurance, but your copay is $350. Oh, yikes. And here's a credit card. Okay. Yeah, what are you uh, going to do at that point? <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah, whatever. Any number out there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Josh, how was – you think the analogy is appropriate that the last two weeks of Orioles baseball has kind of been like all Oriole fans passing a kidney stone for the past no. two weeks? Is that, is that appropriate? <laughs> no, no, no. Kidney stone was worse. <laughs> kidney stone was worse. Well, two weeks have been pretty bad. Uh, kidney stone's the most painful thing I've dealt with this year. Yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, it was no fun. So I um, what is this? So I got the morphine. Then they sent me home the same day with a bunch of drugs, uh, hydrocodone and uh, something else, uh, ibuprofen, and then some other thing. The good stuff. And, yeah. and I just basically would take the painkillers, fall asleep, watch. I watched a lot of TV. So when we get the ball four, I've got TV recommendations. Oh crap! I got nothing. Okay. And I didn't watch a whole lot of the Orioles. Until maybe yesterday or Friday. Well, you haven't because, much. Well, I was in so much pain that watching the Orioles was just making it more painful. Yeah, just depressing. Yeah. I just couldn't deal with both. I should have probably turned on the Bay Sox feed instead. Instead, but it was yeah, uh, they're playing good baseball. Yeah. So, um, but thankfully, it passed yesterday, and uh, things have gotten a lot less painful since then. No, but I will say I did. Baseball, but for you, good. Right, right, yeah. I did say I, I tried to suck it up and be a man, and I, I texted you on Wednesday because I, I was like, all right, well, I'm, I've been in bed all Tuesday, all Wednesday. I'm getting out. I'm go- I had softball playoffs on Wednesday, so I took some painkillers and went to the softball game, and I came home from that game feeling great. I said, oh, I think this is. I'm done with this. Yeah. And then Thursday was miserable. Yeah. And then I did the same thing on Friday. Took painkillers and said, I'm going to work. I got to get out of bed. Right. And then Saturday was horrible. Yeah. So thankfully it uh, passed Sunday night and I can move on. That's wild. All right. Yeah. So you can move on for now. Hopefully you don't get another one. Yeah, I know. That's the thing that sucks. There's no clue how where it came from. Yep. So That's, you're like a ticking time bomb now. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. yep. But yeah, hopefully that never happens to you or any of our listeners because yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, you could commiserate. It's too bad Zany Brody is on our anymore because he, he's had some experiences with that. But Both I feel like he always long. enjoys them. Yeah, he talked a little. Well, he enjoys the passing of them. He feels like yeah. that that is a very pleasant experience. But well, no, the, the experience itself of having it is, is miserable. Right. right. Because I think they, well, they don't encourage you, but I think many people uh, mix alcohol and the painkillers, and that gets them through passing it. Mm, mm, oh, but here's, here's another interesting thing. 
everyone I was telling down here, whether it was work or softball teammates and stuff, they all said the same thing. Do you have passes to Disney World? And I'd be like, no, why? And they're like, well, because you need to go on uh, Big Thunder Mountain. I'm like, what are you talking about? Apparently, everyone down here, when you get kidney stones, you go to Disney World and you ride Big Thunder Mountain. And really? I and I Googled it, and there's like doctors who have written papers on the internet about how Big Thunder Mountain is like designed perfectly to help you pass kidney stones. Oh, just the way it moves your body. Yeah, yeah, it's really That's weird. weird. Like weird. it bounces the perfect amount. So I'll have to get some passes for the next time. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but uh, but yeah, I mean, before kidney stones, I was great. I was ready to come on the show and tell you I, I took the girls to Universal Studios last weekend. Oh yeah, and had a good time there. Uh, for their first time, so lots of cool things besides the kidney stones. Yeah, I mean, we uh, personal front, we just put our house on the market, and and uh, we got multiple offers, and uh, we're set you... to sell it tomorrow. Okay, you're accepting an offer tomorrow? Yeah, we put a deadline because we got multiple offers, so we put right. a deadline Tuesday, give us your best offer, and then we're going to take one of them and, and be done with it. That's yeah. awesome. When did it go, let's go up, Monday, Tuesday? Uh, Wednesday. All right, so, so less, less than a week. Than a week. Six days. All we, right. we got our first offer on Thursday, then I think another offer on Friday, and then this weekend another offer. So, yeah, they've been <laughs> That's awesome. coming in. Yeah, Remember, it took, it took me six months to sell my house in Arnold. <laughs> I'm know, a little it took, jealous. It took us less than 24 hours. Ago. Six it's days. A it's a different market. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Totally different market. You had an offer in 24 hours. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah we're happy about it. And all of them yeah. over the, our asking price, too, which has been great. That's awesome. That's yep. good. Uh, uh, yeah, what else is going on? Um, well, I mean, we could probably, we, after missing a week, we could probably cover an hour without touching the Orioles yeah. if we needed to. Yeah, but let's talk about the Orioles, though, because okay. they've been consuming more and more of my time as far as not watching the game. I mean, I've been watching the games, but just like my intellectual time spent thinking about this team has just increased the last two weeks as we continue to watch them lose game after game after game. It's it's almost harder to lose 14 straight games than to win 14 games straight. Oh my gosh, Josh. Yeah, we're talking. I think it's got to be harder. The 14 game streak, we're talking historic. Like, yeah. This is our second uh, longest, it's the, it's, it's the second longest losing streak this franchise has right. ever had. Since 88, right? 88 team. Yeah, I remember that team. 0 and 21. That's the only time. Um, that it's been longer than this. We're t- we tied 14 game ties the very first year in our franchise, 1954. Um, at least our, the first year of the franchise in Baltimore, where we lost 14 games. This ties it right. So only one other time in the history of the Orioles, and we've had some bad teams. <laughs> only one other time in the history of the Orioles have we had lost more yep. than 14 games. So this is, um, you're right. It's it's almost impressive. It's, uh, that we've lost 14 games in a row. Right. We always talk about those miserable 14 years. We never saw anything like this. Yeah. And so it, it begs the question, right? You know, you ask bigger questions. Is the Michael Elias rebuild working? Is this the low point? <laughs> right. Do we have to reevaluate our 2023 World Series? Like, it just raises a lot of questions. Can I tell you the people um, that irritate me? I have two right sets of people who irritate me that right. I'm going to talk about. But I, no, I'm, I'm right sure too. A similar group, but I got two groups. All right, all right. I'm going to go with the the one group of <laughs> the first group of people that irritate me are the the uh, 
guys, we're in a rebuild. We're not supposed to be good. What anyone who expected you to win games, what have you been watching? This is what it's supposed to be. That was a group I hate too. Yeah. (laughs) All right, good. So we're both on the same page there. Josh, why why do you hate that group? Uh, Because they're condescending. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to lose 14 straight games in a rebuild. We have, you're not supposed to play this bad when you have Trey Mancini, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and John Means, who are all pretty much locks of your rebuild team. So you've got four guys that are supposed to be part of this future team and you can't one win game, win one game in two weeks. Yeah. So yeah, that's why that game here, that's why that group irritates me. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's condescending in the sense that it's, it dismisses the Oriole fans kind of emotions at each game and how we root for the team at each game. And like, like their attitude is, is we should lose 162 games. Right. right? And it's a similar group of people who, and I think this is a dumb take who say like, this is all good because we, we could get the number one pick. Now, listen, I, I would be happy to have the number one pick, but understand what that means. We are in year three of the Mike Elias rebuild. Yeah. Like you can argue the rebuild now, has been five years, but three now, with Mike Elias. Yeah. Now, I also don't <laughs> – while you're going with that, yeah, I'll just keep putting out groups that irritate me. The other group that irritates me is that this is year two because they try to act like last year wasn't a year. Yeah. When or, it's like a lot of stuff happens outside of the 162 games. Yeah. And, and just finishing off, people irritate me. And <laughs> this is what happens, right? When the Orioles lose 14 games – Pretty much every Oriole fan on, uh, that I know on Twitter or in person falls into one of these categories, and I just hate them all now because I hate the Orioles and I hate what's happening, and I'm just so right. mad at everybody. But, oh, but I think it, I'm more upset at Oriole fans than the Orioles right now. Yeah, but yeah, but that is you're only upset about them because you're annoyed with the Orioles losing, and then you yes. take out that anger on fans, which is fine. I do it too. But it's, I also hate the fans who are like – extremely upset and like one of fire manager Hyde and like, <laughs> that's my list too. Yes. Like, like guys, like why like manager Hyde at the end of the game has to choose from like Travis Lakens jr. Or Sean right. Armstrong. Like right. this is, he's got to choose. Someone has to catch, right. And Joseph Reno or Chance Cisco. Right. Um, like, like someone has and to he, do these things. Someone and he has, has to, to third base. And he has to pull Paul Fry after one inning because he used Paul Fry last night. He too. can't pitch literally every single game. Right. Yeah, you can't pitch Paul Fry. And so I think this reaction that you expect the Orioles to be good. And listen, we expected them to be competitive, um, like not lose 100 games. That's where yeah. all my expectations were. Um, but this expectation that we should be, you know, uh, that we should be, uh, you know, up there competing with the AL East or whatever is, is a silly notion as well. So that really covers really all fans, right? Because, uh, so it's it, yeah. fans of two well, expectations uh, and fans of no expectations. Right. I'm well, then you got the fans. Then you got to also throw out the fans there that say it's Peter Angelos's fault and his team will never win until Peter Angelos is gone. Oh yeah. And there's always those guys. Right. Yeah. And I, I the, there was a big article about Peter Angelos a couple of weeks ago. I had ready for the last week's show to discuss, but now it's old news, but those fans are always around. When we did last did the show two weeks ago, the Orioles were 17 and 23. That's kind of what I expected them to be a little below 500. What I can't figure out is the catalyst of this 14 game losing streak. Oh, well, good. Because I want to, I want to name some names. I want to name okay. some names. The Orioles, since John Means is no hitter, yeah. are twenty-one. Have lost twenty-one games out of twenty-five or twenty 
out of 23 chances. They've won two games of the last 21 chances since the John Means no-hitter. That's insane. That's insane. Um, also, the 14-game losing streak is insane. Um, so I do want to name some names, though. Yeah. Because the Orioles are bad. This is yes. rebuilding. No one – we didn't say they were making the playoffs. No one thought they were making the playoffs. I was optimistic thinking that they would be in the 70-plus win category. Um, right. And you were as well. Yeah, but, sure. But we're not. And I think our roster is good enough, but we're not. All right. All right. So well, let's name, let's name names. You Let's go back and forth with names. Because right, I got start, guys that are frustrating me too. Let's start with the offense. Oh, okay. Good. I'll, I'll go first. Um. Mikel Franco or Michael Franco. Yeah. All right. He sucks. Right. I mean, here's a guy, if you look at, I don't know how much you, you pay attention to, to things like war, but offensive war, because they break it down by like offensive defense and fan graphs, offensive war, negative 8.7. That's the worst on the team. Um, if you look at his, I mean, all the, the nerd stats, the wins, uh, the, I mean, the weighted runs created plus 66, right? A hundred percent as average. He's 66. Um, his his defense actually, I think, has been okay. Um, but he's had very little power, only five home runs, batting average of 200. Uh, Mikel Franco, who was supposed to be brought in for his bat, right? Like we got rid of, um, uh, we made room for him. We made we got rid of Ruiz, right, who wasn't doing anything either. But because we thought Mikel Franco would be an offensive upgrade at third base, and he's been terrible. He's been terrible. All right. Yeah, totally. Uh, my guy is Pedro Severino. Yep. A guy who's supposed to bring some power to this lineup, who has one home run this year, only has, uh, what is it? Um, Where's it at? Uh, I don't see his hits in front of me. Uh, he's gotten five hits in the last 23 at-bats. So no good there. And yep. he can't play defense. He can't block the ball. He's letting too many balls get past him. And even Jim Palmer was getting upset with him in the game yesterday saying he doesn't put up a target for the pitcher. It yep. seems like the most basic common sense. You hold your glove up for where you want the guy to throw the ball. And Pedro Severino's not doing it. Yep. I, I've never seen a guy also like drop so many balls that yeah. were just like strikes. Like his right. name is catcher and he's not very good at catching, which seems to be a problem. Um, and I, I would group, you know, you can – Make up. Uh, I, I put them together. Chancisco and Pedro Severino. That has been just an embarrassingly bad duo. Um, they're terrible at pitch framing. They're terrible at at or receiving, as the catchers call it. They're 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 terrible at blocking pitches. They're terrible offensively. They give no production. Even though Manager Hyde still sometimes insists on hitting Pedro Severino fourth, like he's some kind of cleanup hitter. Right. Um, but but no, you're right. The catching position has been a black hole this entire year. And there was some optimism because at least for half the year last year, Pedro Severino was really good. And Chan Sisko is a former top prospect. And so you thought, oh, between those guys, like maybe we can get some production. Uh, but they've both been a black hole to the point where just this past week, Austin wins was called up and um, Chan Sisko was optioned down. Right. And Austin, and that's the problem is, the state of the catching in this team is the fact that Austin wins is your guy because yeah. we all know you're not going to bring up Adley Rushman because starting his clock won't do you any good right now. But the fact that Austin wins is it's basically a give us anyone because it's not working here. 
Yeah, and I know, hey, listen, a lot of energy has been spent by Oriole fans being mad at Chance Sisko and Petra Severino. And to be honest, in the grand scheme of things, the next guy I want to mention is Ryan Mountcastle. And I am more concerned that Ryan Mountcastle, I know he had a home run today, but he also had a couple strikeouts. I'm more concerned that Ryan Mountcastle has struggled offensively than I am that Pedro Severino and Chancisco has have struggled offensively because neither because not because neither of them are on this team in 2023. <laughs> Ryan yeah. Mountcastle, I think, is a key middle middle of the lineup bat in 2023. At least that's where the expectation is for Ryan Mountcastle. And so, in the grand scheme of things, I know we spent a lot of energy talking about Chancisco, Pedro Severino. Ultimately, I think it, it matters zilch that they struggle this year. Right. It's bad. It is what it is. Um, so you can't trade Pe- Pe- Pedro Severino. That's too bad. He'll be cut next year anyway. Who cares? Um, but the next guy, Ryan Mountcastle, Josh, the expectations were high. Maybe I'm hoping this is just like a sophomore slump situation. Um, and next, and you know, he'll adjust. But I mean, batting average 255, his weighted runs created plus at 69. Again, looking at kind of offensive war, Fangrass have it as negative 7.5. This is supposed to be one of your best offensive weapons. Yeah. Um, his K rate is 32%, one of the highest on the teams. Um, and his walk rate is only 3.8%. Only oh, yeah. four home runs. Um, it's so got to be getting tempted. It's got to be getting tempted to send him down to Norfolk. Slugging 358, but that's, that's not a power header. Slugging 358. No. That's bad. Nope. Uh, my next guy is DJ Stewart. Because we Uh-oh. said DJ Stewart... Uh, this was his year. This was his chance. Prove uh, to us that he is part of the future of this team. And he has been given, thanks to the injuries of Austin Hayes, which is a whole nother story and frustration if Austin Hayes is Nolan Rymel 2.0. Um, this DJ Stewart has had plenty of opportunities, and he can't do it. He's batting 200, five home runs uh, after 115 at-bats. 115 at-bats means he's played almost every game. That's really, he's played a lot of games. Yeah, and he's just he, not cutting it. He's appeared in forty of the I don't know how many games we played. Right. But he's not showing you that he's a regular outfielder. He's not showing you he's a guy off the bench. He's not showing you anything that's going to be valued to this team in the future. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I didn't have him on my list just because to me he's always kind of a borderline bubble guy, and so my expectations he, for for him were as kind of a fifth outfielder or something, not well, anyone. And the only reason he's on my list is because we had him on our list at the beginning of the year as a make or break guy. Yeah. And he's breaking. Yes. Despite he's been fortunate with the outfield injuries, Santander now recently, Austin Hayes, like he's been fortunate because I mean, there's also like Ryan McKenna too. has been extremely fortunate because injuries has let him play in the majors this long. Cause he, Ryan McKenna is not a major league outfielder yet. Like he, he needs more seasoning in the minors, but he's kind of being forced up here due, due to injuries and knees. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I have on the offensive side. Um, All right. Do you have anyone else offensively? Um, no. I mean, the only good thing guy on the offensive side is, is, uh, is Mancini. Trey Mancini has had a great offensive year, leading the league in RBIs. Can't complain. Batting 274, can't complain about Trey Mancini. Oh yeah, I think I think that's he's not the only. I mean, Cedric Mullins. Oh yeah, Cedric good. Mullins is also. Um, Freddie Galvis, I think, has exceeded my expectations offensively. He's been really good. I think. Austin yeah, Hayes. can't say anything. Yeah, outside of the past, the problem is the past two weeks. It's really been. It's really hard to say anyone has done well. Yeah, I think Austin Hayes before the injury, 
uh, was good. Austin Hayes continues to show like flashes of greatness. Um, right. I think he just freaking stay healthy. And sometime there, since he's been back, he's been a double machine, and he's been playing, I think, pretty well. So I think right. those guys, Mullins, Mancini, Galvis, Hayes, Santander. But, but the problem with our offense, our problem with our offense is we're not getting runs in. Today we scored two. Yesterday was one. Uh, sat, what was Saturday? Saturday were two games. We got one run and four runs. Yeah. Uh, then we got one run, two runs, four runs, three runs. Five runs last Sunday, nine runs last Saturday, two, one, seven, six. So most of those are one, two run games, which is miserable. Oh, sure. Well, the guys, I mean, I only mentioned one, like we have five guys who are contributing offensively in a positive way. Right. And one of those guys, Austin Hayes, is injured. Um, Trey Mancini, I think, missed a couple games in there. Yep. Um, and so that leaves us, what, like three guys left who are offensive contributing. Yes. And you have a lineup of nine guys. And so True. you can't. Win many games. We need to three kinda, guys producing at a nine. We need to cram those three guys to slots one, two, and three. So at least maybe they can knock each other in. Yeah, and and to the, and to the fans who say like it doesn't matter, I would say I would agree with you in like like Chance Cisco and Pedro Severino, it doesn't matter. But like these other guys struggling matters, right? Like yes. if you end up losing a hundred and ten games, right? I think we're on the pace now to lose hundred and ten games. I think we're we're about that pace. Hundred and ten games. And if we do that, if we lose 110 games, it means that players on your team are struggling. Like Ryan Mountcastle, like we have, it's not like our team is full of veterans who don't care how they play. We have some young players on this team who aren't performing. It means Austin Hayes can't stay healthy. It means Ryan Mountcastle is having a terrible year. It means you can't trade Franco or Severino. Like there are consequences from being the worst team in baseball. Also, like, there's one more point about teams who like want to, who want to like uh, tank for the number one pick, like, like having one great player, like with a number one pick doesn't guarantee you're good. Right. If we call up Adley Rutschman, we don't immediately become like a playoff team. You just look at like the angels scare the heck out of me. Cause the angels are a reminder about how hard it is to win in the yeah, major leagues. Cause they got trout. They've got Otani. They literally have the best player in baseball, and they yeah. also have one of the best pitchers and offensive weapons in Otani, the likes of which we've <laughs> baseball has never seen before, and they still aren't even sniffing right. the playoffs. Right. And I know Trout's hurt now, but even Trout was healthy, they were sniffing the playoffs. So no, it takes yes. the whole like squad. So you can get the number one pick. And what also is the fact, some I think some NFL fans think like you tank for Trevor Lawrence, and then all of a sudden you're 500. Like, right. If you if you get the number one pick, I think next year there's this high school kid everybody loves. That means you draft him, and in you know five years he might be ready for the for for, for the majors. Right. And again, like with baseball, you need a team. Like you yeah. just one guy doesn't make or break a team. Like you need a whole squad. And if you're playing poorly, it means all the guys in the majors, or a lot of them, are not playing as well as you would hope. And that's a bad thing because you're not going to just click a switch and and call up all of Aberdeen to the Orioles and all of a sudden you're a competitive team. No, like it has to go in stages. You almost never see a team. Like when do you see a team go from 100 losses to 100 wins over right. a season? You never see it, no. right? Because no. it takes years to do this. And the goal is to incrementally improve. And that's what I thought last year. We had a winning percentage of 400. We went 20, as small sample size, 25 and 35. But we had a we had a winning percentage of 400, right? And right. you look at the winning percentages, Josh. In 2018, sorry for going to the sprint. In 2018, um, the year before Michael Elias got here, we had a 
we had a winning percentage of 290. <laughs> Can you imagine? This year, our winning percentage is 315. We were worse in 2018. We lost 115 games in 2018. A winning percentage of 290. Next year, Megalith enters. We go up to 333 in our winning percentage. Still lost 108 games, but kind of improving. The next year, 2020, winning percentage of 400, 25 and 35. Winning percentage of 400. That's why I thought this year, if we could reach that kind of that 400 winning percentage again, like we could continue kind of to build and maybe even like creep above the 400 winning percentage, it would be kind of a step in the right direction. But this year so far, our winning percentage is 315. So it feels a little bit like a step backwards compared to the last few seasons. Totally. And I'll tell you, I know you want to talk pitching. Yeah, because I think we, some pitching guys I want yeah, to call out too. And so here's, here's real quick. Here's something that scares me about pitching. Kevin Gaussman being 6-0 and with a 1.40 ERA this late into the season. Yeah. That brings it back to that whole Baltimore cannot develop pitchers, uh, which I get it. We've got John Means right now, and John Means still pitches great, even with no help from the rest of the team. But that's something that scares me in the frustrations. But let's get into your pitching. Well, and I don't know how much of Kevin Gaussman is. I think there also is the aspect of, a late bloomer where pitchers become better late in the career, like John means, right? I don't know if it was a developmental issue with John means, but he became better. He's now older, right? He was never, he, he, he struggled prior to three years ago, right? Like he's a late bloomer. I think some of it could be Kevin Gossman is a late bloomer. No one, Josh, how come no one mentions Dylan Bundy's numbers this year? I hear everyone talk about Kevin Gossman. No, I know. Do you no only about Dylan Bundy who had an area of six and a half this year. Of course, and no one brings up Chris Tillman, who's out of the game. I mean, of course, we're only going to bring up the guys who are having great seasons. Yeah, but that's what, but I don't know how much of that is lack of Orioles development and other stuff. But but now there's no issues with Orioles development, right? Like now Orioles development is should be on point, right? Kevin Gossman was not the Michael Elias era. We have part of Michael Elias is like improving all that development aspects. And I think we are like, I don't want to talk all day about the minors because there's, but there's a ton of optimism. Right. In and we'll get to that. And the single A teams. Right. This, just, this just isn't the week for that. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. All right. Um, but I'm too mad about losing 14 straight games to talk about Jordan Westbrook's promotion, which is pretty cool, but no. So let's talk about pitchers, Josh. Okay. Um, Where do you want to go? Can I just, just make a general comment first about starters. All right, all right. I thought you were going on the opposite end, but okay, starters. Where do you think I was going? I thought you were going to bring up Valdez, bring Mr. Dead Fish up. No, he's not on my list. He's not on your list? Not on my list at all. Okay. No, Josh, the Orioles have John Means, yes. who has one of the best ERAs in all of baseball. As a I can't believe John Means is on your list. He has ERA. <laughs> he's not on my list. Got here. He has yeah, an ERA of, of two, right? Yep. Yeah. One of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, Despite John, despite having the starter, one of the starters with the best ERA in all of baseball, our team starter ERA is dead last in all of baseball. Yes, isn't that amazing? It's we crazy. Have one of the best starters in baseball with one of the lowest ERAs yep. in baseball. Yet, as a team, our ERA is five point four four, dead last in all of baseball. And if you look at like batting average against WHIP kind of all those stats, dead last. Wins, John Means has four wins. Our starters combined have nine. So the other four starters outside of John Means 
and sometimes five when he gets the extra day, day, day's rest, have a combined five wins. John Means has four wins. Right. Um, it's remarkable to me. How and, and we've also, right. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Those other five wins are divided among six people, basically. Yeah. So take your pick, right? Um, Matt Harvey. Um, yep. Maybe Matt Harvey started off pretty well, but has been terrible lately. Yes. Um, Jorge Lopez, who had a good start today, but in yeah, general. One run, six innings good. today. Yeah, the first time he's ever able to pass the fifth inning. Like, congratulations, right. Jorge Lopez, for passing the freaking fifth inning. Yep. Um, Aiken, yeah, not really yeah. showing much. Um, there's a whole group. I mean, there's a whole group of, like, young pitchers that I thought, like, one of these guys would kind of take the reins. I know Bruce Zimmerman has had, had a great yeah. spring training and kind of good start. His ERA is over five. Dean Zimmerman, Kramer, who had Kramer. a good year last year, we thought he put him this year. His ERA is around seven. Um, Matt Harvey, as I mentioned, his ERA is around seven. Right. Jorge Lopez's ERA is is, at, is around six. Um, and so, and the younger guys that you thought might step up, Zach Lothar, Alex Wells, um, whether it's in AAA or the majors, haven't been pitching well either. So our starting, you know, you thought you had all these young pitchers, some of them would emerge with Alex Wells or Zach Lothar um, or, or, or uh, Bruce Zimmerman, but they've all struggled no matter where they've pitched. And that's been a, a huge di- disappointment and a big reason why the Orioles are playing worse than I thought they would be playing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we expected the pitching to at least be average, not total straight crap. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect Dean Kramer to have an area of seven, right? No. Um, I didn't expect Hori, Hori, well, I don't know my Hori, but whoever else is that guy, um, Zimmerman, Matt Harvey, I, I met Harvey. I didn't expect him to still be on the team with his area was seven. Right. No, but I at this point, high he's force. Still, yeah, he's still pitching. Yeah, high force. He's still pitching because no one else in AAA is pitching well either. So, like, right. what, like what, what, what are you, you going to do? Um, it doesn't matter. There's no upgrades to, to be had there. So, our starting pitching in general, um, but specifically Dean Kramer, Matt Harvey, Jorge Lopez, anyone else you want to throw in there have been, have been bad this year. Yeah, totally. I mean... Yeah, starting pitching isn't bad, and the and I think the bullpen. The main problem with the bullpen is they're just worn out. They're out there yeah. so much. They were looking good, and you've just had to overuse them way more than you expected this year. Yeah, and so if you look at kind of the the bullpen, um, you had a couple a couple guys who I think are pitching really well, right? Guys like Paul Fry has been really good. Um, I think Tanner Scott has been fine. I know he's taking some criticism, but I think he's been fine. Um, but then you have other guys. A little, like, a little control issues with Tanner Scott, but we yeah. knew that. So I wasn't I, – Tanner Scott hasn't bothered me at all this year. Yeah, I mean, his walk rate is at 18%, which is higher than you'd like to, to, to see. Um, right. but, but it's fine. Like, he's still a young pitcher de- 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 developing. But, like, some pitchers have been terrible. Um, oh, and, and, and by, by the way, another guy who I think has pitched – Really well has been Cole Salser, especially as of yep. late, he's been really effective. Um, so I'd like to see more Cole Salser. Um, Joe, I've been happy with outside of that start. Yeah, I mean the past two weeks he's been bad. He's given I up. Guess. He's been bad, um, and we see his numbers kind of inflate. So I, I really don't know who okay Plutko is. And then like you're forced sometimes to to pitch a Sean Armstrong or pitch a Travis Lakins because there's no other option in there. Because like we said, you can't pitch Paul Fry every every night. Um, and so, or Cole Salser every night. Um, but yeah, the bullpen got off to a really good start. Um, and lately they've been, um, we can say less good. Yeah. Um, and some of it, 
I don't know. Some of it is to be expected. Um, like the my expectations for for Sean Armstrong weren't too high, or Travis Lakins. Um, but yeah, the bullpen has in a whole has not been good. Now I saw Hunter Harvey was at Norfolk a couple of days ago. Yeah, that's encouraging. Yeah. So hope and he was throwing the ball hard. So hopefully that means we do get to see him up here maybe in late June. If not, oh, oh, I think he'll be up here next week. Oh, really? You think that soon? Yeah, I think he's eligible tomorrow to yep. be reinstated. I, I don't know. Like, oh, never mind. Right. Yeah, I see right here. He's eligible to be active today. Oh, today. It's just uh, up to the he, that they want to give him another right. appearance in the minors. Or, well, yeah. mm, you know what? Um, well, Richie Martin was placed on the 60-day DL to free up yep. a 40-man roster spot. So, yeah, that's probably for Hunter Harvey. So, okay, maybe Harvey can come back this week, and that's at least something we can get excited for. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. And, and Hunter Harvey, again, is one of those guys, like, when you talk about, oh, I don't care if we lose every game because we get a first-round pick, or a number-one pick, well, that also means, like, your players aren't performing. Like, guys like Hunter Harvey right. are hurt and not playing. Like, that's part of it. Because if Hunter Harvey was playing and playing well, you would win more games, right? So understand that when you say you're okay with losing every game, you're also okay with players either playing poorly or being hurt and not playing at all. So, okay. Yep. If you're cool with that, fine. Uh, yeah. This, this, um, yeah. How long do you think this losing streak is going to go? I mean, wh- when you're in the middle of a 14 game losing streak, Josh, and I know we talked about this via text, like it feels like you're never going to win again. That's right. what it feels like. Right. right. Feel, like, especially with us. I mean, Jorge Lopez had a good start today. I mean, I got a feeling like our offense is going to be better. Our offense can't continue to be this bad. But it's not like help's coming, right? There, there's no there's no savior on the horizon. Rushman isn't being caught up. Um, Kyle Bradish has been pitching really well, kind of get the call up at AAA. We can, maybe later, if we have time, we can talk about some call-ups from AA to AAA and single-A to AA. But there's no, like, answer. <laughs> right. Like, there's, there's no, like, I guess Austin Hayes coming back and Hunter Harvey coming back. Like, if you get healthy, that might help. But at the right. same time, like, th- this is kind of who we are. Um, right. And, and that's the thing is, like, the Twins are not a good team. Uh, so we took them to extras today. Yeah. So, yeah, we could win tomorrow or Wednesday against the Twins. But then there's a good chance we then lose 14 in a row again. Like, this could happen twice this year, the way this team's playing. Yeah, because when you only have, like we said, one starter who's pitching well, and when you have six guys offensively who are not playing well, right? Like it's hard to win games with that combination. Yeah, yeah. So, um, who knows? Next Orioles off day is Thursday. That'll be their first scheduled off day since the day before the losing streak broke. So that could be kind of cool if they can lose from off day to off day. Keep yeah, it all in. Very, very cool. <laughs> hey, very I'm trying to get something out of it. No, like if you want to talk about good, and there are, like, there, there, there's good things happening in the minors. There are. Like, it's there undeniable. Is, yes. Our minor teams are, are especially below AAA, are well, dominating. Rushman crushed it yesterday in, in two a doubleheader in Bowie. Going, what, five for six with two three-run home runs? Yeah, I think it was six for seven with a walk and two three-run yeah. dongs. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, That's now, exciting. Yeah, and if you look at the stats on Adley Rutschman, he's at the top of the league as far as, um, 
you know, um, on base percentage, as far as kind of OPS, mm-hmm. as far as, as he war, should be, as far as not war. I don't know if they keep the worst stat in minor leagues, but if, in, in most offensive category stats, he's like top ten in in in, in all of Double A. Right. Um, and so that's that's a good sign. I, I saw Mike Elias said the other day that normally, like he he kind of would like to develop players slowly, but this past week we saw. I mean, just in the past week, we saw um, Jordan Westberg promoted, who was playing really well at low single A. Mm-hmm. We saw Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish, boys and girls, if you don't know the name Kyle Bradish, I know we talk a lot about Oriole pitching prospects, Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall. If right. you don't know Kyle Bradish, you need to know him. He's a guy who Matt Blood said in the offseason, like that Kyle Bradish is right below um, Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall, right? And and he's our twelfth ranked prospect, but if you were redoing it, I bet I bet now he's our sixth ranked uh, uh, prospect. Okay. He was unhittable at Bowie, um, and then a week ago, about a week ago, they they called him up to AAA. Um, he's pitched two games at AAA, pitched really well his last start at AAA. So Kyle Bradish is the closest starting pitcher that I think could be a real impact pitcher. I don't think you we'll think see he's this year, you but. think he's closer than Grayson Rodriguez. I guess Grayson Rodriguez got promoted this week to Bowie. So clearly he's, this guy's older. Yeah. And, 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 Kyle and Bradish, Grayson killed it when he got promoted. Nine strikeouts did. in the game. He did. Grayson Rodriguez was so dominant in single A. And I, there was a quote by Mike Elias had said um, that normally he likes to develop players slowly, but because right. of last year, they had a whole year off. Right. And so you had very little, you had no data. To, to go with for that whole last year. And so this year he says, um, who here's this quote. I just pulled up this quote. He said, here's Michael Elias. Michael Elias said, normally a month of minor league play you take with a grain of salt, but this is the real data that we've gotten on some of these guys. And well, but this is the first real data that we've gotten on some of these guys in well over a year. And we've got to react to it probably a little more aggressive than we would otherwise. And that's why you've seen the promotion of Grace Rodriguez, Jordan Westbrook, Cobb Bradish, J.D. Mundy, Johnny Reiser, Blaine Knight, Joey Ortiz. Yes. All these guys are prospects. And because they all were kind of went up to the next level of the minor leagues in the past week. Right, because it's what we've talked about on here. Just because there was no minor league baseball last year didn't mean these guys were sitting at home eating Twinkies and playing video games for an entire year. Well, and some of them maybe. Right. Not, not some of them maybe. Yeah. But the top guys who really this is going to be a career for them and they're going to make it in the majors, they were working out every day still. They were doing their own workouts. They were preparing for this as if they had a season last year. Yeah, and so the team to watch right now is the Bowie Bay Sox, right? Because yeah. they have Grayson Rodriguez um, and D.L. Hall, two top pitching prospects, along with their overall number prospect in Abby Rutschman. And what you're also seeing, Josh, and, and this is why I think it's so important that single A, Norfolk hasn't played that well, but the lower levels have played well. And I think why that's important is because all the lower level guys are Mike Elias guys, right? You don't right. see very many Mike Elias guys in AAA. Because he's only been here, right? Because we didn't have a minor league season last year, and Michael Elias just got here in 2019, right? Um, and then he got in 2000, so he drafted for 2019, no 2020 minor league season, and now it's this minor league season. And so a lot of these players have only played either nothing or a year of minor league baseball, right? And so yeah. all the guys you see in Aberdeen and Delmarva and Bowie are Michael Elias guys, and so you see Michael Elias guys playing really well. Um, and so I think that's that's super encouraging. 
Um, it's Dude. just how long will it take these guys to get up to the majors and how much of it, how which each level will they continue to perform at a high level and which prospects will take steps back. So you know not all of them will be studs in the majors. So how many guys will continue to play well as they go through these minor league stages and how fast will they get there? Yeah. That's, that's you, the questions we're asking ourselves. Do you know much about this Joseph Ortiz guy that just got promoted up to Bowie uh, in the past week? I, I know he, he goes by Joey Ortiz. I know he's our 30th yeah. ranked prospect. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's a second baseman, which seems like a hole we have. And uh, I know we drafted him in 2019, but he was crushing it in Aberdeen and kind of forced his way off that team to be moved to Bowie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at, I know like middle infield has been um, a really, uh, just the whole infield has been a problem with Doros. Yes. If you look at what's happening in Delmarva, they have one of the most amazing infields you'll ever see with Gutter Henderson. Um, Love me, Gunner. Anthony Servideo, who just, like, if you want to have some fun, fans, just look at the walk numbers on Anthony Servideo. It's, like, mind-boggling how many times this guy walked. And then the guy who was just promoted, Jordan Westberg, who was playing better than anybody, he was taken at the end of the first round in last year's draft, Jordan Westberg, with the Orioles' overall second pick um, after, after, um, after the guy who can't see the field, Hurston Kerstet. Um, but Jordan Westberg seems to be... Um, he was way too good for single A. So, I mean, I think we're really yeah. high on him. So, there are some good middle infielders and, in the lower and that shortstop, of the And that shortstop over in Bowie is pretty good, too. Caden Grenier. Oh, he's been hot lately. He's, yeah, he's, he's been, been having a great season. Yeah. He was an old teammate at uh, Morgan State of Adley Rutschman. Yes. Um, and he's been, he's been playing well lately. And he, I think if you were to rank shortstops in an organization, I think he would rank like the fifth or sixth best shortstop organization. So we, I think we right. have a lot of good right. middle infield prospects on the way. I but agree. again, are they going to be here by 2023? I think, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, and the question is, yeah, how that development works if for it all to line up for 2023, like we've been hoping. Yeah. The, the, the early promotions early in 2021 and not holding people back for an entire year helps lean towards our goal of 2023. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you look at starting pitching, for example, okay, I think it's fair to say that Corey Lopez, Mark Harvey, even Dean Kramer, even Keegan Aiken yeah. will be replaced by this new wave of young pitchers. Yeah. So the question is, when will D.L. Hall, Grace Rodriguez, Cobb Radish, when will this kind of wave? I think these are the three top pitchers. When, when will they arrive here? And I don't know because of the whole pitch pitch limit thing and um, not having to play the year off. Will they hold their innings back this year and next year? Will they put up their innings? So will we not see DL Hall or Grace Rodriguez until 2023? And then it's kind of their rookie year, right? And that right, and that's the question about this season being so bad. Does it force you to kind of push everything back a year? And does it also then cause you to reevaluate as you're pushing things back a year of maybe I do trade John Means? Maybe I do trade Trey Mancini. Yeah, well, I, would, I, would, I think that John Means is not even worth asking. You don't want to trade John Means. Too many years left. But I think the Trey Mancini, we need to dedicate, not, not this show, because we, uh, we need like in a half hour at least, maybe a whole episode. Right to lay out the pros and cons of trading Trey Mancini because because he, here's what the wrong answer is. And I think you're an idiot. If you think this, that the answer is easy and obvious, right? If you say it's easy and obvious to trade, Man, trade Mancini, I think you're wrong. If you think right. it's easy and obvious to keep Trey Mancini, I think you're wrong. I think it's a really tough decision. Yeah. And I think the cancer story makes it even harder. 
I think there's a million reasons why it's a hard decision. Yeah. Um, All right. It's well, not easy. So let's because I because this is also an issue where, with most things, opinions, I know where I stand. I honestly like to ask me depending on the day, I'll give you a different answer about the Trey Mancini to trade or not trade. Um, so we need a future episodes to lay out. I mean, let's bring out the jelly beans. Jelly bean, put a jelly bean for four, a jelly bean against, and let's see where the scales kind right. of weigh on if we should trade or not yeah. trade for minutes. You know? All right, if we can't get to that next week, that might have to be like we squeeze a bonus short episode in where we just discuss Trey Mancini yeah. and weigh him out. And and one day we need also to have, and I don't want this to, just to turn into show ideas, but like you, you think about the Manny Machado trade now. Reevaluate. Um, you, using the DS can't stay healthy. All right. Here's Dick the deal. Kramer is not good at pitching. Zach Pop is playing for Miami. Um, Here's the deal. Right before the trade deadline this year yeah. is when we're, you and I are going on vacation together. Yeah. In July. End yeah. of July. That'll be a great time for us to put together an extra show focused on that. Yeah. To look at both the Dan Duquette and Michael Elias trades. Like, yes. All the trades starting kind of with Manny Machado where we kind of blew up the team. Looking kind of at all those trades, um, what have what has worked, what has not worked? Um, I think right. We're a, not going to go back to to horrible trades twenty years Davis, ago. Yeah, yeah. We're not going back to Glenn Davis. We're not going back to Eric Bedard. We're going to look at the trades with from Duquette to now. Hold on. Do you want to do it? Do you want to start it at the Duquette transition, or do you want to go back to even the stuff Duquette traded? In order to push us, try to push us over the line in those fun years. No, I know. I think it's appropriate to look at the when the rebuild started, when he blew up um, the team, and we can look at All the right. trades. So, um, so basically, that last year of Dan Duquette, that yeah, trade last, deadline last, with Machado yeah, two, gone. Uh, two, 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 2018, I think that was the year. Yeah, let's look at that year. All right, that year on. All right, yeah. I'm making a note, and uh, hopefully we remember to do that mid uh, by the end of July. That'd be a fun episode to do. Well, yeah, well I don't know. It'd be fun, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, it'd be interesting, and a, and a link to the, um, a link to, to a link to that to this current team, um, is we saw the debut this week of Tyler Nevin, who I believe came back yep. from the Rockies. Maybe I'm going to mess mess up in the Michael Gibbons trade. Is that yes. right? Yeah, because he was the guy that when I went and saw the Tide, he was playing right field, and I asked you who this guy is. Yeah. Because I never heard of him as an outfield prospect. Yeah. Yeah, and he was more, I think he's listed as a first baseman. Yeah, he's third a first baseman. baseman. Thing, but yeah, yeah and, and he was up here, I think, as it was good to see him make his debut, but I think he also was up here as much as anything because of injuries and not having any of the bodies. Yeah. But it's still good to see him make, him, uh, make his debut, and this was like, I think we'll see more and more of the Mike Elias guys make their appearance in the majors, and, and he's one of them. Yeah, I mean, that's how it goes. Um, I was kind of surprised. It seemed like a perfect opportunity to bring up Ryan Ripken, who's been playing pretty good down in Norfolk. But man, I think they're probably saving that for a homestand, sell a few extra tickets. Uh, you think anyone's extra is coming to see Ryan Ripken? Uh, it was fun to see Ryan Ripken. In okay. person. So, yeah, I'll say yes. Just because we all remember the little kid on 2131. Yeah. I, I mean, and on the one hand, like, he's not playing right. that well. But yes. and he's not a top prospect. But if you're no. bringing up Stevie Wilkerson and Austin and Wins. And like, Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, fine. McKenna. All right. Um, plus, here's the other reason you bring him up for a homestand. His dad will come to the game. 
and yeah, you but... want anything you do to affiliate your his dad with the Orioles. They want to do anything. Well, just for that moment of showing him on the jumbotron, that Sports Center moment of of Ryan Ripken taking his first at bat with Cal there. I think Sports Center still on TV, but the Twitter moment, Snapchat moment, or what's the thing called TikTok? Yeah, just to put that moment on TikTok. That's all that's about. Well, I mean, I think, and right now, I think Cal Ripken would be in an upgrade at third base right now, even at the age of 50 or whatever he is, 60. I, at this point, Jim Palmer might want to start trying that comeback again. Oh, I, know yeah, it didn't work in 90, I know it didn't work in the 90s for you, but it was, uh, I, it was watching crap like the 88 Orioles that motivated you, or I'm sure you were motivated yesterday as well. Yeah, it's just been really bad. Been really bad, and I know Hup's on the way, but no Hup's on the way this year. So, yeah, it's, nope. it's just and, – and you look at, again – that win percentage right now, we're on pace for 110 losses, a win percentage of 315. Um, and that that feels like 110 losses feels like we're not making steps in the right direction. Like that, if, if that's true, if we continue playing this poorly, it's going to make me reevaluate 2023 as not our World Series year, but I guess our first competitive year. That's how I'm, I'm just depressed about um the yeah. results because the results it does like you're not going to go like i said before from a 110 loss team to a 91 team overnight um, right so it's 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 depressing because and now maybe the second half ryan mackos will play better you'll get someone else at third you'll promote someone at we'll find some certain pitchers from triple a or double a and and the certain pitch will get better um right. but right now and and you talk about the trade deadline we talked about Trey Mancini. Like, who else are you going to trade? Um, Paul Fry, maybe. Um, there's not a lot of trade candidates on this team. No, no, not playing not well enough. People playing well. Like, maybe a Freddie Gallivis. Um, but there's not a lot of trade candidates on this team. Right. So you're not going to be able to chance to get your minors are not going to get better. So that's another result of losing all these games uh-huh. in a row, right? It means your current players aren't playing well. No one's traded for Hunter Harvey. No one's traded for Jorge Lopez. No, no, no one's traded for Michael Franco. No one's trading for, for these guys because... Um, because they're not playing well. No one's right. ready for Severino. And so your team in that way doesn't get better as well. So all those people say it's okay to lose every game. Again, you're not thinking about the big picture here. Yep. And it's uh, it's demoralizing for the fan base. Tomorrow, right. uh, I mean, games are up. past that, Josh. I, I, I guess. Well, I think it's demoralized. We, we, we already lost all the bandwagon fans years ago. But you see your most diehard fans. It's tough to watch for diehard fans to to get through this. Um, it, it, the park opens up to full occupancy tomorrow. I think that's funny. I think tomorrow is going to be a smaller a crowd than we, we had, had today. We had a today was, yeah, today was that 10,000 sellout. Um, Birdland tonight, I've been having a lot of trouble getting people to host it because the most diehard guys – are worn out watching this team yep. anymore. If we were winning, you would not have a hard time getting hosts. I right. guarantee you that. Exactly. If we were winning, everyone was on it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, Birdland tonight's been out for about a week, I think. Uh, hopefully, I'll be bringing it back tomorrow night. Now that I'm a little better. It is. Like, it's literally hard to watch a nine in a game with this team right now. It's hard it to is. watch. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a good point. Might have to start starting Birdland tonight around the sixth inning. <laughs> you know, about the time we give up. Yeah. It, I yeah. might try that tomorrow. And there's, yeah, I don't know. And there, again, there's, who's the next prospect we can be excited about joining the Orioles? I mean, if you're talking about Ryan Ripken, that's... No, right? there's, there's, there's no prospect to be excited about until Adley next year. 
Yeah, feels because like at this point, there's no point to bring up Adley. All that hope I had that we might see Adley by the beginning of July, that was based on that team playing like that 17 and 23 team, a little yep. below 500. Yep. When you're on pace for 110, you're not going to do that. Yep, I see. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious to see right how you when he's promoted to AAA. But it's but almost. Now I think the best we can hope for is maybe you give him a cup of coffee in September just to experience right. it. It's um, almost like send guys like Mountcastle and Mullins down because I don't want guys, I don't want my future players to learn how to lose. And I have a whole bunch of losers in this clubhouse right now. Yeah. But again, if you go to Bowie, all they, Bowie literally has the best record in all the minor leagues, mm-hmm. all levels. Yeah. So they, they know how to win a Bowie, Josh. Yeah, I know. And, and I think when you have Grace Rodriguez and DL Hall, and Adley Rutschman, I think you would learn to win pretty quick. You know what they should right. do? Thursday's an off day. Yeah, great players, you learn to run pretty quick. Thursday's an off day. I think they should force the, if this losing streak is still going on, force the entire 26-man roster down to Bowie to watch the Bay Sox. So this is what winning looks like. Why well, I pulled this question on Twitter. Or, I know and, where you're going. And this, yeah. is a, this is a legit question I have, I, I post on Twitter. Josh, what do you think? A legit question. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let, and I got an answer. Who would win... Let's make it a seven-game series. A seven-game series, all the Oriole prospects, like pick up your prospect all-stars. Make seven a games is a long series. A rotation after, uh, well, I'd say you know, it's like a World Series, whatever. Like, all right, fine. Uh, just so you can go through all the, all the starting pitchers. Um, right. A seven-game series versus Bowie. the current Oriole squad or Bowie. prospect all-stars. Not, not even Bowie. All your best prospects. I'll give you just Bowie straight. Bowie will beat the Orioles. Yeah, because winning is contagious. Winning builds on it. You're having fun playing when you're winning. This team is not having fun playing. The better guys are all pressing too hard. This team sucks. The Bay Sox would beat this team no problem. Heads up. I think if you look, you know, five, six years down the road, you'll find out there's (laughs) – just more talent at Bowie yes. maybe yes. than there are on the major squad, right? Like um, how many all-stars are there on this current team? John means and Trey Mancini. Um, I think you could argue there, there might be more than, than two all-stars right now playing at, at Bowie who will go on to have um, be perennial all-stars when they get to the majors. And so, so yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I think it would be, a, I'll put my money on, I don't know about Bowie, but definitely the prospects. I mean, yeah. look at the, just look at starting rotation. How do you think this Oriole team would go up against Grayson Rodriguez? I'm guessing Grayson Rodriguez would still get his nine strikeouts against these Orioles. Oh, yeah, he'll get his nine strikeouts. And then you got D.L. Hall starting game two. Um, I like my chance with D.L. Hall as well. Exactly. Um, and then I don't know who you start, Bauman or whoever else is at Bowie. But I, it doesn't but matter. I, I, you I, said I, seven I, I games. Like, I also like... I also like Adley Rutschman's chances against uh, Jorge Lopez. Like, I'm putting my money yes. in that matchup. Like Bruce Zimmerman versus Adley Rutschman. Well, and I'm, that's, I'm putting that's, my money on, Bruce, on Adley Rutschman. Right. That's the thing. You mentioned seven games. Well, if, I'm, if it's a seven-game uh, match, four of those games are being pitched by Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall. That's my four wins. They're guaranteed wins right there. Hey, hey I think John Means could outpitch anybody on, on the Sure. Game. Sure. Fine. So the Orioles will get two wins with John Means. Yeah. All right. So John Means gets two wins. D.L. Hall gets two wins. Grayson Rodriguez gets two wins. Yeah. There you go. Bowie wins. Yeah. Um, So all that to say, like, 
that is encouraging that yes. the Bowie has the best record in all of baseball. But it, it means they won't be here this year. They'll probably be here next year, right? I think we could see some of those guys next year. Yeah, totally. And that's the exciting thing. weird with the innings, but I think Rutschman next year. Yeah. Right? Too bad this isn't a 60-game uh, season. <laughs> so we can just be like, all right, it's over. Let's go to next year. But yeah, like a 60 game major league season, a full minor league season. Like, let's yes. watch all the minor leagues. Yes. Um, but let's cut the major league season short. Right. I'm with you there. It's been it's been painful. But I do think, I don't know, I was going to say, I think there are some signs that things could get better. Um, but I, I don't see them happening, happening immediately. Um, so, again, I don't know how, how fast these guys are going to move up the, the ranks. But again, it's encouraging that Michael Elias has quickly. Even with a month of, of minor league baseball, has just promoted so many guys, right? That hopefully that continues throughout the season. That guys get promoted quickly, because that means they'll be one step closer to helping the major league squad. Yeah, but yeah. I hope next year. This is what I'm hoping next year. We're already looking at next year, 50 games in. Right. I'm hoping next year there's this influx of young players. I hope you see that because we're not seeing it. I this hope so. Year. No, and there's we're no point to bringing it up this year. So that's just, they're, not, they're too far away. They're not ready, right? They're not ready. And yeah. the guys you thought might be ready, like using Diaz, he's right. been hurt. Yeah. Um, Jemai Jones, he's been hurt. Richie right. Martin, as you mentioned, just won the 60 day. Yeah, 60 day. So it's been unfortunate. The injuries has also been unfortunate, especially at the AAA level. Yep. Okay. I'm sorry. We talked so much. Um, do we have time for ball four? We can do a little ball four. Okay, I really don't have anything, so you can go first. All right. Uh, like I said, with the kidney stones, I watched a bunch of TV this week. Uh, first one up, I watched a movie that is – I've been used checking out all the uh, different streaming programs. And I've been, I watched a movie on – I think it was on Hulu called Boss Level okay. with Mel Gibson in it. And it's like it's basically just your typical action movie with a guy that's got to go around and kill a bunch of guys. But he's in like a video game setting where every time he dies, his day restarts. So he's got to kill everyone and get to the end. Okay. So it was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Now, grant this, all my recommendations for today, I have been you're on heavy painkillers when watching these shows. Yeah, you're high. Okay. Fair but enough. I enjoyed that one. That sounds like a good, good show to watch when you're in drugs. Yeah, it was good. Um, I'll, I'll do two job-related ball fours real quick since okay. I applied to a ton of jobs. Okay. Um, this is not recommendations. These are things not to do if you're looking for an employer or an employee, a potential employee. You know what I hate? You know what's the worst, Josh? When you apply for a job, they have you submit your CV, your, your resume, and then after you submit your resume, they make you go online and fill out a form where you have to fill out each box for your prior uh-huh. Job experience, teaching experience. When all that information's in the CV My, and the resume, I just spend an hour filling out this stupid form. Uh-huh. Where all the information's right there in the resume. Yeah, my I company that. does that. It's irritating. It's so obnoxious. Yeah, so many steps. It makes me not even want to apply to to, to the job. And nope. so many jobs are like that. No, my company makes you do that Why? too. And if you fill that out first, then I tell you to send me your resume. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know why. It's not my rule, but yeah, uh, lots of ball. businesses do that. I, I watched um, the hunt for the Skinwalker or something like that oh, over on uh, okay. over on Amazon Prime. Bring nice this up because yeah. have you seen this yet, Matt? No. All is, right, that, is that George Knapp? Is he doing that? Yeah, George. This is a I movie that. Yeah. So this is a movie 
that George Knapp went and took a bunch of footage in like the 80s and 90s. Yes. And it's all old footage that the old owners of the ranch shut down and wouldn't let him release. And now he's got permission to release it all. Uh-huh. So he's put it all together into a modern documentary. It's all about Skinwalker Ranch and the weird UFO stuff going on there. Yeah. And that's over on that's on Amazon Prime and it's a free movie. Oh, I'm so go check that, that out. That's, yeah, I see, that one out. I love, that's, that's I why love, I squeezed that one in there for you. Yeah, I love George Knapp's voice. Um, I'm I'm all, I'm all over that. Um, I'll stick with Jobs. Here's the other thing I hate. Um, no one, and you and I complained on here. I think about the salary for professors. Yes. No, no one will tell you the. Though I shout out to to Lee McRae, who told me before I interviewed, here's the salary if you still want to continue. No one else tells me. I, I, I sat through a job interview the other day, sat through the entire interview, got to the end, they asked if you had any questions. I said, yes, how much do you pay? Right? No one wants to tell you the salary. What, are they going to hire me and then tell me what the salary is? Like, tell me what the freaking salary is. I, I mean, but I think that's most jobs. I've done lots of job interviews where I don't get the job salary until I get offered the job. Yeah, isn't that kind of dumb, though? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't that be part yeah. of, like, I get, the process? I, yeah, I'll tell you, I haven't searched for a job in a while, but I do remember searching for jobs, and I'd always be irritated that, like, some jobs would say a range and others would not. At least give me the range yeah, so I know range. whether or not it's worth sending me the resume. Because they assume I'm going to take the job no matter what. Like, I'll, right. I'll, I'll take it. Well, no, right. like these, at the salary matters to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to ask. Now you're and applying. I, I was, and then I, once they told me the answer, I realized why, why they didn't tell me. Right. Now you're <laughs> applying at a bunch of different states. Yeah. From the state of Maryland. Yes. So are you doing the little uh, uh, adjustments for like how far your money goes in that state versus Maryland? Yes. Because like I took a pay decrease to move to Florida, but I have more free cash living in Florida. Yes, and a lot of these little universities are in these little small podunk towns. Oh, so they make sure to tell you that. Yes, and they told me the salary. They said, the sal- here's the salary, but <laughs> let's have a conversation about housing cost of living. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, and that's what happened to me in Florida, and it's true. Yes, I, came, I took the decrease, but I have more money in my bank account. Yep, so. yep, yep. yep. All, All right. right, you're about four? Well, I did my ball for. I can throw another one out there. Oh, no, no, like sorry, I said, I watched a whole lot of TV. I also watched a show called Panic, which is a oh, new yeah, show on Amazon Prime. I saw that advertised. Yeah, they've been advertising it like a ton. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Ten episodes about like uh, teenagers in a in a, a small podunk town. Yeah, I'm not watching that. But I will watch <laughs> Watch, the, watch it. I know. Ranch. That's why I put in Skinwalker Ranch instead of Panic because I knew you'd watch that. I've also been watching... Jurassic World Camp Crustacean, which, if you're a Jurassic Park fan, is pretty good. It's a cartoon on the Netflix app, and I've been watching that with Camden together. We've been going through the three seasons of that together because it's a kid's show, but apparently it's in the whole canon of Jurassic Park. I think that's smart, right? You get get, get kids hooked at a young age into the the franchise, whatever it is. I think that's oh, totally. Yeah. And yeah. well, you see that all the time where they're taking a franchise that the parents like yeah, like and trying to hook the kids in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Um, it's just like what the Orioles are doing with the minor leagues, getting you hooked. <laughs> right, I wish. I don't and then think... you'll fall in love with these guys when they get to the majors. Right, right, the baby birds. Yeah, I know. I'm pumped to take the, I like that's. I haven't been yet. Top of my party list this summer once school ends. 
Friday number one. I was going to go Friday, but then it was, it was rained all day. They ended up playing anyway. But taking my son to a Boo Bay Sox game and then Delmarva and then Aberdeen, we're hitting them all three. That's awesome. Um, that's that's goal number one. Maybe Norfolk, we'll see. I don't really care that much about Norfolk. but the uh, other I already saw Norfolk. Cool. I don't think I'll see Boo or Delmarva this year. Yeah, I will. So. All right. Break it out of here. Let's go. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. Send us a review on iTunes. We appreciate five stars. Write a nice note. You can also uh, support the show, section336.com. Support. Yeah, click on that. You can support us, $3.36 a month. Helps out a whole lot. Yeah, keep the show running every single week, unless Josh has a kidney stone that week. And then you can also uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Roca. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. And go Paysox. And go Ironbirds. And go Sorbirds. Oh, go Tigers. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at keepitfunohio.com. 
You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. 